and we are recording on Monday, May 8th, 2023 at 2.08 p.m. Eastern Time with Mr. Walter Bosley, who I was just telling before this. Uh, I used to listen to you, still do, but I first discovered you, I think, in 2016 or 2017, Mm -hmm. and that was, I mean, when I was doing Photoshop, like three years before I started the podcast, and I would just listen to the episodes of you on uh, the Higher Side Chats, going into Charles Delshaw and... And yeah. Amos Dolbear, and I was going into it, and I was like, the hell, the Sonora Air Club, and, like, the more you look into it, you're like, what in God's name is going on? And <laughs> I think, I think Greg Carl would say, too, is, um, it, it's, it's sexy and it's fun because it's not the same story we've all heard a million times. Right. 47 right, Roswell right. Crash, uh, Nazis de-Glocka, and it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. We've, we've heard it before. This is, for anyone that doesn't know, um, just YouTube, Walter Bosley, The Higher Side Chats, and it's really about... I mean, kind of the original secret space program, if you will, and that air flight in the 1850s and 1860s essentially was, I mean, for all intents and purposes, as alien to them as a space program is to us. But before I keep fanboying, Mr. Bosley, please introduce yourself. Oh, well, hey, first, did Greg, uh, they, they, he pulled off of YouTube, right? I think he did. Yeah, yeah, I kind of miss uh, seeing him in my subscription. Feed, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, thanks for having me. I, um, uh, you know, I'm out there, been doing my thing in this, this our world of whatever you call it, alternative research. Um, really, since 2004, I kind of came on the scene because you know, being friends with Greg Bishop, I uh, was a fairly regular sit-in guest co-host, I guess you'd say on uh, his Radio Mysterioso, if you remember that, mm-hmm. some years back. It's still out there. He's just kind of shifted how he uh, puts them out. And, um, you know, wrote my first nonfiction book, released it, in, wrote it in 07, released it in 08, and that's my Disneyland book. And, wow, the last several years, have, in some ways, have been a blur as the threads I pulled, just literally one book led to the other. And, you know and all the weird stuff yeah. that comes with it. So here I am with you today talking about this uh, strange breakaway alternative aviation history. And it it is my favorite. Walter, are you there? He froze up. I don't know if that's my Subject. internet. Oh, there he is. All right, sorry. He froze up for a second. Um, oh, there we go. Yeah. There we go. Uh, this... and, before, and before that, I was a, 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 a national security guy for yeah, 20 ca- years. Yeah, right. You did counterintel i think he did yeah fbi air force osi counterterrorism for another group of guys and then uh i did security background investigations for the last year and a half of that under contract to the federal government so but but through all those different organizations and different positions it was all counterintelligence and counter espionage operations that kind of thing and um and uh, for anyone curious uh yes uh, walter and i are both feds the jig is up and, uh, that's right. That is, you're that all is, in trouble. They're all in trouble. That is the criticism I get. They're like, dude, Tommy's a fed. He came out of nowhere, started a podcast, and I interview all these Delta Force guys. I'm like, I'm just curious, man. I don't. My story would be so much cooler if I was a fed. You know what? <laughs> if if you and I were both feds, we, we would be getting that paycheck, and I don't yes. think either one of us are getting that Uncle Sam paycheck. I wouldn't so. be yelling from a bedroom disguised as a <laughs> studio. Right? That's why I always tell people, I'm like, if I was a fed. I wouldn't be banned from YouTube. I wouldn't be banned from Reddit. I wouldn't be banned from, I think I'm on Apple Podcasts. I wouldn't, 
I'd be getting money. I'd have that. I'd have right. that algorithm on my side. That tonight and you'd have show. A per diem. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'd be doing good. I'd be having guests lined up for me. Instead, yeah. I'm uh, screaming in front of an American flag like a true American. That's right. Um, That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So no, it'd be cooler if I was. But um, what I what I love about um, everything that you kind of uncovered with the Sonora Aero Club, with NIMSA, with the larger NIMSA, kind of how it fed into Prussia and then, you know, Germany and really that sort of timeless tale of beautiful scientific creation, perversion from a higher up of put weapons on it. And it's just as old as time itself. I don't want to do this, yeah. right? Nuclear power, nuclear war. Same, the sword, the plowshare or the, the sword. It, it goes forever. And yeah. um, I believe when that you painted out with uh, Mr. Carlwood is the idea that there is, this is sort of the genesis of the quote-unquote good guys, and they have had to bide their time for decades and well over a century in order to take out the quote-unquote bad guys, the deep state, the cabal, the whatever, and that there is no point in just going for it if you're going to lose. You get one shot. Yeah. So they have, you know, I think you said in one of the interviews, well, where were they during World War One? Where where were they during right. World War Two? Biding their time as sort of a, I don't know, a, a, a dormant seed. Could you maybe yeah. go into that a little more? And it, it, sure. is it still playing out to this day? Well, it's interesting. I am working on some research and um, an unannounced book. Uh, heretofore publicly unannounced. I won't say anything more about All it, right. but that has to do with NIMSA. But I gotta, I gotta start by saying, um, I think I was vaguely aware of the Dell Shall stuff. I was a little more familiar with the 1890s airship mystery mm -hmm. you know, from the 80s. Yep. Anybody that's looked seriously at the UFO mystery has heard and will hear of the 1890s airship mystery. But I, I recall first hearing the name Charles Dell Shall. Um, from Greg Bishop, you know, um, unless I'd read about it before. And then from there, I really owe it to um, Dennis Crenshaw, Tim Schwartz, Sean Castile, Michael Busby, um, and uh, uh, Stephen Romano. These are all, uh, and Theo Pymans, these are all the writers and researchers that I initially learned about you know the whole the Dale Shaw thing. Um, these were the guys that over the years were really putting it out there. And what I did was, um, I kind of pulled back. And it, it, this is the thing I do. Um, I, I look at the big picture, and I see actions are in the big picture. So my contribution to um, Dale Shaw research and related things is to merely um, make certain connections that had not been made before, right? Um, and yeah, back then when you heard me talking about, um, you know, where was this other group, this American group that I refer to as the 1903, I, you know, if yep. they exist, I don't think they call themselves that. And why do I call it the 1903? Because that has to do with the legend of Nikola Tesla uh, being commissioned to design and build or design uh, an airship that could leave the planet. Mm -hmm. That's the story. And this mysterious group, they had the money, the means to construct this airship, and their goal, according to the legend, was to fly to Mars. Yeah. Okay, in 1903. Yeah. So in my work, 
that I've done on the Delshaw material and the other interesting links between the Delshaw mystery and the 1890s airship mystery, I kind of suspected that there um, was an American group. We know through Delshaw there was a German-based mm -hmm. group that was developing this technology. You've heard me talk about that. Yeah, NIMSA. Uh, but I, I do think, I suspect and lay out my hypothesis that there was an American group at the same time. And it's my opinion, as you know, if you've heard me talk about this, um, that whatever this mysterious 1903 group was, I think they were essentially the American group that had, had developed airship technology and were the source of the 1890s airship mystery. But they seem, yes, to have disappeared from the scene after that because the 20th century for a big chunk of it i'm going to say the whole 20th century that belonged to um what the germans were doing yeah during the war years and and the, the post-war nazis nazi germany and the post-war yeah. nazis the these germans and central banker allies and so forth um they owned the 20th century yeah. as far as this discussion goes so where was this American group if they exist or existed? And, and there is reasonable enough evidence, you know, to discuss it. Um, I honestly saw a possible resurgence, and this is, I think, what you heard me talk about, of this a, a reappearance or a reassertion of the presence of the American breakaway group with, um, uh, honestly, with... Uh, Donald Trump's um, campaign and election mm -hmm. in 2016. And what do I mean by that? Um, I, I think that the opposition, you could argue, was backed by the central bankers, mm -hmm. was backed by the Pax Americana, the neocon American fascists, um, preferred the other candidate, Hillary, mm -hmm. um, over Trump, because Trump was a bit of a wild card. Mm -hmm. And... Um, the the mysterious american just did not want her or that side back in the white house again um so i i think they might have re-emerged and backed him now why do i say that because of john trump yeah okay donald's uncle who was um a, a, mit a, a professor at mit yeah and was the guy, the, the guy the that guy the FBI that, yeah. went to, to um, Tesla's uh, apartment. Uh, uh, yeah, to, to, well, to look at well, Tesla's the files from his apartment. Sorry, assess them and and tell them, hey, is there anything number one that would be war ready? Because remember, this was 1943. Yeah, yeah. And so um, again, why would they go to Trump? The discussion is why would they go to John Trump? What would John Trump know? Um, other than his technical expertise, because there were a lot of other guys they could have gone to who were top electrical engineers. Why John Trump? Well, here's what's interesting, is in one of the uh, artistic plates that Delshaw did of the airships, the, the Arrow, the 1850s um, Arrow, A-E-R-O, the Arrow Club stuff. Uh, remember... Delshaw did these drawings between 1893 and 1923 because in 1923 he died. But in one of his drawings of the airships that he claimed were being built and flown in the 1850s was the arrow Trump. Yeah. And and um, get this. 
the number that was associated with it 45. was 45. It was 4,500, but 45. You reduce that to 45. And of course, Donald was the 45th president. It's one of those wonderful, synchronistic, weird accidents, you know, or was it an accident? Yeah. Who knows? That's a whole other discussion. So what that does is that brings up the possibility of John Trump having knowledge of the secrets of the airship mystery, having knowledge of this secret line of technological development, and therefore the possibility that, you know, was John Trump aware of this, this Tesla legend about the airship to Mars having some truth to it, okay? Um, or the other option is, did the US government want to see uh, uh, if there was anything about this mysterious group in Tesla's papers, maybe mm. they, it, it, you know, it, it's opposition you've got research. Opposition. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's the, well, it might be that the government didn't know the details about this, this legend about Tesla and the airship to Mars, and they wanted to find out about it. it, it could that be why they sent John Trump? You know, what, was he looking for, um, the designs of this airship, whatever. Was he looking for something that would have had to do with what we think is a legend, an airship to Mars? Who knows? Yeah. Um, and that's the beauty of the discovery. I think you... Can you hear me, Walter? I think you froze up. The opposition... Oh, there he is. To... He's back. Okay. Oh, no, 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 um, it froze up for a second. You said the beauty of, and then and it froze up for like two seconds. You're good. Keep going. Oh, oh well, I can't remember what I said right yeah, after that. Government but anyway, going in and trying to find, you know, they're trying to find out their own details of of what is this thing? What is this sort of yeah. un underlying thread? Yeah, yeah, and um, <clears throat> so lost my train of thought there because I had an internet. No, message. you're no, no, you're good. I'm, it's I'm good now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, so, yeah. So basically, um, if they're out there, it's my opinion that they're the only group to have the resources and the power to stand up to what I think is the German-originated breakaway group that is actually kind of running our world they're yeah. the ones behind the globalists they're yeah. the ones behind the neocon fascists they are in effect the nazi international that joseph farrell talks about yeah yeah so um you know it's uh it, it it's interesting if this is what's behind our political scene right now well it's it's you know the idea and i and i hate to quote marvel because i i kind of hate pop culture but like there is, I love that idea from, I think, one of the Captain Americas, right? And they, they call it Hydra, but it's Operation Paperclip, and it's it's this, the, the the very most elite Nazis came over here and embedded yeah. themselves, and, you know, yeah. it it does, you know, when the more you look at it, you're like, why are we always at, why is the world seemingly so bad? Korea, Vietnam, war on terror, like, what is going yeah. on? And it does make it a little more palatable when you go, well, there might be Just, Nazis in charge. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to like you're going to be it, it it's going to anger you further it, it's it's kind of heartbreaking in a way but you're going to like my new book okay my unannounced book that I'm working on right now cuz it addresses that very thing and it answers some of the questions yeah
Um, and it's, um, it's a book I wanted to write a few years ago. And to be honest, a major part of the source material was depressing. It, okay. it made me realize something that was just an abstract or idea thing. And it, it gave the, um, the gravitas to, you know, the, the validity to the idea, which is disturbing. And so I finally decided I need to write this book. So I'm, I'm working on it presently. It is, it's not a fun realization Mm -mm. to start kind of putting these things together. You go back to like 1890s, early 1900s, Smedley Butler, and then Woodrow Wilson and the Federal Reserve, and then the 33 business plot, and then Operation Paperclip and JFK. And you start looking at this whole thing and you're like, oh, there is a common thread. There is. They, I think they've probably been running it for a while. I think they, oh yeah, I think they solidified it. I think they completely consolidated their power, like lock and key, with Kennedy. I think that yeah. was the final nail in the coffin. Well, and, going into the 20th century, they had their plan, and and oh, really yeah. the 20th century for all the amazing technological advancements that we have seen. It really the 20th century was. Um, uh, it, it they owned the yeah. 20th century no, they ran the show yeah and our downfall is um that we're experiencing that is happening um overtly is a result of what they did in the 20th century it's all yeah. it is all according to plan at the risk of sounding like a nutty conspiracy no theorist. no but it but it, it's yeah, I mean, your mind doesn't want to address it, but it, it's not an accident that all of a sudden, like, right. decades are happening in, like, two years. De-dollarization, total yeah. collapse of the infrastructure, willing sabotage, draining the armory to a useless yeah. war, censorship. It is stolen elections, the government mm-hmm. disinformation board. This is a bunch of things that have been in, been in the works for decades and the yeah, waves well, are just now crashing. Yeah, and um, we are approaching the one quarter mark through this new century, and they have just been, to, to use the cliche, they have just been doing their stuff on steroids. Yeah, unmolested, just no yeah. resistance. And, but, and it could be just our own human brains trying to find a point of hope but I mean, it does seem that th- this resistance, because I, I guess I just refuse to believe that it's all evil. You do see some genuine good Thank people. You. I mean, you see a Kennedy, you see a, you know, an Eisenhower for, for all of their flaws, sure, as they are human. But you do see some people. I mean, I, I'm friends with guys that are in the. I literally interview like legends from the CIA and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there are a lot of demons. There are a lot of people that just genuinely want the well, best the for everyone. Here's the proof that the evil guys don't have 100% control and that there's someone out there who is fighting back. equal resistance. Our world, our lives would be it'd be over. much worse. It'd be hell. Oh, it'd be a, it would be a hideous, much worse um, place. Both of our experience. doors would have been kicked in in the first three minutes of this podcast. Yeah, if the bad guys were really, really 100% in charge, like some people think, and if um, you know, they were unfettered. There's yeah. somebody out there that's giving, that's yeah. pushing back. Yeah. 
And um, uh, for instance, you know, they did it, I think, with the 2016 election. Now, honestly, I don't think they're behind him anymore. Behind, I, behind Trump. We're behind him when he served his purpose, and that was keeping her out of office. And that was that was that move for someone like me. That was a very satisfying drink the champagne moment when that woman was kept <laughs> out of that job. It was, was funny. Above all yeah, else, oh, it, it was, was also beautiful. just fun. It was also just because funny. It was it was also funny and hilarious <laughs> it how the, it played out. It, Her breakdown has just been, oh yes. Is I, I love it. She needed I mean, you know, I'm not gonna go off on a tangent, sure. but of all the women in this country who would be qualified to be president and be a fantastic first woman president or whatever, you know, and they put her up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> you know, that's... because the corruption that she did to get into that position but um he served his purpose i think to whoever this mysterious group is that i call the 1903 and it's going to be interesting to see if they get behind somebody this time who it is um i yeah. I, th I think you said it and no, you are correct is there's there's two options that you have to flesh out and it's either they're not in charge by virtue of the fact that i mean for yeah, everything wrong so. in the world life's still pretty fucking amazing yeah. right i walked to the gym today i took a shot like it's i saw my parents this weekend it's still good and if they are completely in charge then they can't be that evil because it it's not that bad that being said well, i I, th I think there's probably there would be degrees b between individuals you yeah. have there'd be some that are lesser evils than others i mean when you talk about Klaus Schwab and George Soros I mean, yeah, and, good and, Lord. and people like that. You're talking pure Dr. Evil crap because these guys just black are eyes, really nothing there. Screwed up. Just yeah, demons they're, they're bad, bad. But um, when you're talking about Elon Musk, who um, is still in my I like him column, but there are some things that it's like, ooh, Elon. I'm still no. guarded with him. Exactly. Exactly. So he's on the. I, I don't think they've uh, turned him into one of the pod people yet because I do think he shows genuine um, uh, uh, what's the word um, there's some human you know, nature in there yeah camaraderie with us normal people us regular normal yeah. us regular folks common folks. us knuckle draggers yeah so um, you know they haven't got him entirely and hey I love anybody private entrepreneur who's all about putting people in space and space travel Absolutely. to me that's going to be the saving grace of us and of ultimately of freedom ultimately we uh, freedom-minded people are going to have to leave this planet mm -hmm. and are going to they're going to find a way they can put the clamp down on private common people getting onto the space but they're never ultimately going to stop it because yeah. um it's going to happen yeah the day is going to come when freedom loving people are going to have to leave this planet and they're going to have that option because we're, we're there's other there that are habitable. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and that I think ultimately down the road is our saving grace. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, I mean, if it, he, Elon himself is proof that there's an evil group because if a guy hell bent on getting us off of fossil fuels and getting us off the, getting us off the planet and having space based internet, for all of my life, you know, I'm 32, or for at least most of my life that I can remember, he's kind of been a savior, right? He's always been a savior of the left, and even people on the right are like, I mean, he is a genius. And then the second he kind of comes out and is like, you know, free speech isn't that bad. Yeah, he moves no towards that middle part that the, the Nazi, extremes hate. Evil communist, and it's right? like... 
it's that's, like the extremes left and right hate the, uh, the oh, those of us who aren't so far out as they are. It's like there's a crowd of people and one of them's a demon and I don't know who it is. So I take a super soaker full of uh, holy water and I spray it out there. there and everyone's go. like, dude, why are you spraying me? And one person is screaming. And I'm like, that's, there's your guy. that's a, we should all maybe look at that, you know? And, yeah. uh, but back to what you said about, um, the Trump election and it's, and I personally like Trump. I know a lot of people don't, and that's fine. That's whatever. You're an adult. Make your own decision. Oh, oh I, I, I do too. I get disappointed though with some of the stuff sure, he sure. says and he's sure. increasing recently. But, but you know what? I like him, but I, I don't own a MAGA hat. No. You know, I'll never, I'll never, I'll never give myself over to a place. It's like I'm an Elvis fan, a lifelong Elvis fan, but, but I, I don't have pictures of Elvis in the white suit. Exactly. There's white no, suit it, Elvis, and then there's Elvis. You know. I don't, I don't own a, I don't own a, a picture of Elon Musk. It's. But my point is this. Is, right? We're not fanboys in that regard. Exactly. So, Well, actually, I did make a graphic design piece years ago, and it's him smoking, but the joint is a is a, is a Falcon 9 rocket, and it's taken off. <laughs> oh, there you off. go. Yeah, okay. so actually, I, I'm lying. I do have a picture okay. of him, but it's something I made. But the point is, is, is for the Trump thing, is just for the people that are so resistant to him, that's fine, whatever. I'm not trying to make yeah. some pro-Trump. I'm just asking you to just, just look at it sober-minded for a second. Right. Yeah. Let's pretend it's 200 years in the future. Orange man's gone. Whatever. We're just doing an after action yeah. report. We're all dead. Yeah. And you said this in one of your interviews is like you don't just go up. Against. The Clintons and the Bushes and win. Is that's Trump right. is Trump a smart guy? I mean, listen, you're a billionaire. You're a smart. Any any person that's a yeah, billionaire. He's not a dummy. But even a Musk, a Bezos, a Gates, all guys who are brilliant in their own right. Yes. Even they can't take down the right. Bush. I mean, Poppy Bush. I mean, Prescott exactly. Bush, the Clinton died something. And you could hate Trump and probably still entertain this idea. You don't just walk in there uh-uh. and when something something was up, he was somebody was behind him somebody and not somebody. I would say an entire apparatus. Yeah. When I say somebody, I mean that a collective. Yeah. Somebody. I think you said in your interview, you go mafia, like little M they own, they all have their own mafias, right? Yeah. They it's just all, everyone's got a mafia. Yeah. If you have any power, you have, you augment your power through a group, right? The U S intelligence community has its mafia. Yes. It. Yes. So that to me is a very interesting, hopeful piece that I always look back at and I go, yeah. well, how, how did he how did he win? Who was behind he, him? Think about it. He scared the hell out of them. How do you scare the hell out of and give pause to the friggin' Bush dynasty and the Clintons? Yeah, that you don't that doesn't happen. You don't no. you don't just you don't just leak emails a couple weeks before the election of them partaking in spirit cooking and get away with it and it and it wasn't it wasn't your random you know this this evangelist billionaire or this you know this billionaire or whatever no 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 it, or this little group of small-time mafiosos yeah. in new york or whatever no this was this this was some conglomerate some group that powerful with capital letters yeah you know because hey like it or not through you know, through Bush Sr., the grandpa, there was Nazi connections, like yes. it or not. I mean, they were indicted during the war for doing banking with the Brown enemy. Brothers, Harriman, and yeah, all yeah. that shit. Yeah, Prescott and, and Bush. You, you've seen the connections I tied, to, you know, through E.H. Uh, e. Harriman. Yeah. You, you know, the Germans were all, all part of our railroad development. Yes. Hune uh, uh, Loeb owned um, 68 68- or 70% of the physical rails that had been laid and, you know, that all the different railroads used, they owned yeah. that. 
and they had direct German ties. They were direct, they were German immigrants to begin with. And I point out how they had ties to what, what Del shall refer to as the NIMSA. Mm-hmm. I uh, expanded upon, as you know, and showed how I, I show how it's likely that this Prussian NIMSA group was what led to Nazi Germany, mm. you know, and within that, you have E.H. Harriman, you have the bankers, you have, and you have Prescott Bush, yeah. ultimately. Yeah. And hey, you know. If if anything, and, and for conversely, for people that still don't like the idea of, of people being behind Trump, Biden has a little mafia. Like someone put oh, him yeah. in, right? So, and not, oh, so yeah. it's, it's just oh, as an idea, it's not unique to Trump. Cause I know there are oh, some no. people so resistant you, to it. You, you've got to have your little mafias little M mafias, you've got to have your little mafias to play on uh, play politics on that. Level. Joe Rogan has a little mafia. I don't have a little mafia because I'm doing a podcast from a bedroom. All right. <laughs> You'll know when I make it because I'll have a little mafia. But yeah, I'm I'm not up in my uh, I'm not up in my orbital space station looking down you know, on us. I, I'm in my room with the green screen behind yes. me. So, you know, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. My mafia is the cat. And my dogs somewhere around here. My mafia are my slippers that I wear every podcast. Um, but so I, I try to think, and then you know, so if they had completely owned the system, Trump would have never got in. It just would have been right. right they just would have clamped it down. So yeah. he did get in. So you then have to wonder, what was that? Was it a shot across the bow? Was it just like, hey, we're still here? Yeah, well, or, I think it's a, hey, we're back. Because here's okay. a, let's have fun with this. All right. let's, let's get wild. What if the 1903 legend about the Tesla airship to Mars was true? Mm-hmm. What if they were literally focusing on expanding their technology base, uh, focusing on, oh, my God, we did it. We made it to Mars. Yeah. And they were building whatever they need. And what if it was time? They they were monitoring what was going on here, of course, because they would still have their connections yeah. here. And what you know, what if after think about it, Operation Paperclip, the United States is pretty much uh, taken over by this Nazi cabal. Yes. Which again, I'm writing about this new book, so I don't want to say too much yeah. um, about what I'm writing about. But they watched decades of the people that were increasingly the military industrial complex getting out of control, the rise of the Bush dynasty mm-hmm. and the Clintons. Maybe they decided, okay, it's time for us to return and we're going to return in a big way. We're going to keep, you know, uh, the, 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 the wicked witch of Arkansas out of the White House and we're going to back this guy who we know pisses them off. Now, mm-hmm. look, how many people who supported him it, w- it was from a cynical point of view. Oh, yeah. Totally just, cynical. Just screw the system. Yeah, well, totally fed Throw up. Throw the dynamite. Politics. Totally yeah. fed up with the two-party system. Totally fed up with the crap that was going on. Oh, look at this guy. He says dirty words. And, you know, but he loves the country. And boy, look how he pisses off the opposition. Yeah. there. That's the guy. And I think that's a, a part of why this mysterious group would have done this that was part of it because it was as you say a statement to back someone uh, you know as as uh, uh, seemingly rough yeah. as uh, he he came across and um what's interesting is if this is true if they did make their what have they been doing 
you know, um, what was, did the opposition just make a slick maneuver in funny games with the election in 2020? Um, or did they stand back and say, okay, you know, we'll see where this goes. I don't know. I mm. can't answer that. Um, but uh, all I can do is address where there is potential evidence for what we're talking about being possible. And if we're talking about things on you know, the scales of decades and over a century, yeah. you then have to go, 2016 wasn't like a fluke. It's clearly they bided their time and they're like, there's the opening, take it. Yeah. And then yeah. you got to go, and then they lost in 2020, you go, what's going well, on? You, I, they, you know, they didn't just burn a hundred years of biding their time and get no. smacked in one election and no. stolen by a bunch of paper ballots and sharpies. You, that 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 doesn't rationally make sense. So you go, right. was it just to come in here and you're almost testing their? You know, like when you go into opposing enemies' airspace and you just gauge their response. Are we gauging the deep states? So they come out hardcore and go full COVID riots, paper ballots, yeah. water pipe well, breaking in Atlanta. And you go, there's the reaction time. Yeah, it could be, too. The fact that we're asking these very questions could also then be the counter argument that, OK, there was no group backing him. It really was a fluke. OK. And the, the, the Democrats just, you know, Democrats and fascist neocons figured out, oh, wait a minute. Now we have to more overtly cheat yeah. because we can't let this happen again. Where golly, the people do slide in, you know, their choice. So that's that's the cynical counter argument to the idea that there's this group. But I still think that there are these groups battling and maybe there's a third party. Yeah, maybe there's a third player. And one of the options for the third player is what aside from all in the theories and what gets talked about in the ufo community and stuff what if there was some type of contact made with somebody who's not from here and they're a factor in what's going yeah. on politically you 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 have to ask that question because we do live in a world where we have been jumping off this planet a little bit. We, the people, don't know exactly how far. You, if you've been listening to me, you know that um, I propose the speculative hypothesis that um, I, I do think it's entirely possible that we have put in a proof of concept, very rudimentary type of mission, prototype mission. I, I think it's possible that we've put boots on the ground on Mars. For oh, yeah. Think, I don't oh, think, no, I don't think that's absurd that. at all. You know, I, I, you know, Cold sure, War hysteria. A long time yeah. to get there. Yeah. Um, is it highly dangerous? Oh, oh gee. Well, Golly, we we, we would have hurled bodies dangerous. at that. We don't care. Yeah. So Cold and think War about it. If hysteria. You're the, if you're one of the people that are going to be selected for that mission. Yeah, you're taking hell yeah, it. Yeah, you're going. Yeah. Balls of steel. Yeah. You know, um, you're taking those guys that do Delta Force operations and you're like, hey, fuck that small fry shit. Do you want to go to Mars yeah. for Eisenhower? Yeah, classified. You can never talk about it. But these guys, but... these guys already know that. They go, nothing yeah. I do will ever be recommended, and they go, and that's what makes it even sexier. Is like, I'm a, I'm a silent professional. Yeah. Hey, my, my service that I did in Iraq and the multiple times I went to Afghanistan, the little certificates and the attaboys I got, they're in a file. I see them. They showed them to me. 
And they said, that'll, that'll be in the file. So, I mean, yeah, when you live and work in that world, you're used to that. Yeah. And you get kind of your own personal prideful thrill personal of, confidence and you don't need validation yeah you don't need the public validation because you get the validation of your peers yeah and you know your what, what you know inside about yourself but um yeah i i think it's entirely possible that we put boots on mars why wouldn't um, we it, 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 exactly if think about me, the cold war why would we know, what is the ultimate one of my favorite books is Raven Rock by Garrett Graff. Uh, and it's all about the entire nuclear bunker system from sure, yeah. FDR, which it w really wasn't even a system. They they actually had a ramp going down into the, the Treasury basement for FDR in case there was a bomb, all the way up to the current continuity of government, NORAD, Raven yeah. Rock, Mount, everything. Yeah. There's, I mean, we all we know about a couple, but there are hundreds. I mean, there are little tiny ones off Florida for JFK, and it, how it's all it's it's such a great, incredibly you know the statistics and 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 uh the logistics of it it makes your mind well spin. and 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 the uh imagine what the facilities are like now compared to what they were oh, in fdr's time I mean, well i mean they made norad under eisenhower that yeah, thing was you, under you know, you, two thousand feet of granite with a copper shell and the buildings are on springs i would say the ones now you'd want a vacation in they're probably they're so probably pretty nice they're yeah. probably simulating perfect weather it's exactly. probably it's probably they probably got atmospheres and vegetation but so, but you think about that and you go, what is the ultimate national security bunker? What is the ultimate, because the entire idea is right, that you can't take us out into decapitation strike and therefore right. we will strike back. And thus yeah. that deters you from launching nukes. Right. The ultimate one would be at the very least something on the far side of the moon at the very least, yeah. even if it was just a, a radio transmitter crew that could activate the ICBMs if all else yep. was. Why wouldn't you go one step? And then the you, the I would imagine the Soviets went there too. So then you got to go one step further, and you go, "We'll go to Mars." Yeah. Why wouldn't exactly. you? Why, now, it, now, some people here's the counter argument, and I have a counter to that. Some people are pointing out, "Wait a minute now, China, Japan, India. I think I don't know if they've done it yet or not, but China, and Japan have put landers on the moon." But if we really did have secret bases on the moon, it would have been revealed, but not so fast. If you're China, do you want to fess up that you know about the U.S. bases on the moon? Or do you want to keep that knowledge as a military secret? Mm -hmm. um, you know, you could you could go back and forth all day as to would the Chinese would would it work in their strategy or the you know, or the Russians or whatever, who whatever adversary goes up there to actually reveal that they know about our no. bases on the moon or just like we camouflage bases, you know, secret control centers of what we're talking about, facilities underground on Earth, we could be doing the same thing on the moon so they're not visible on the surface. It's look at just Google Raven Rock. I think there's only like two pictures available mm. and it's it's a satellite image of the entrance. Yeah. It's a it's an arched <laughs> concrete entrance mm -hmm. into a grassy hill. Yeah. What and you could camouflage that even incredibly so so you don't even see the arched entrance oh yeah no that much is like the, and those aren't hidden because it's like yeah there there's something kind of cool about nuclear bunkers is they're so cocky they're like yeah they're right here yeah exactly <laughs> go here for it are. go for it bud yeah no Hello. yeah raven rock is like it was public when we were making it we're like yeah you can't or not sorry uh, norad but yeah. camouflage that military secret do you want to let your opposition know what you know absolutely not and right. furthermore and then there's just like national humiliation do exactly. you want to come out and go Ha, we just discovered the Americans have had a base on the moon since the... Oh, shit. 
no. uh oh and we're just getting here no. and, and look how the chinese control want to control information to their people well and their narrative yes uh, propaganda yeah. so of course so not they don't they don't want to admit this either so folks we we still you could still argue that we have a have had a manned presence on the moon for decades I, which I, would explain why we didn't go back yeah publicly yeah publicly yeah, yeah. i think we've been going back since after apollo 17. yeah we went and set up the runway we don't need to keep going back publicly right, exactly. we went and established the you know it's you know, we we got the we got the 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 expeditionary force up there um yeah. uh what was i going to say and then so then i i wonder with all these because if you just look at everything as if none of it's connected and it might be i mean i'm with you i'm always about devil's advocate it could very well just be chaos and that's fine but if you look at it through the idea that we're looking at is that there's this there's this dark not you can call it whatever you want ultimately is there is a group that doesn't want you to flourish and be happy i mean it really does come down to that simple there's a fascistic anti-human they hate you in freedom and they want to run yeah, it's, the world it's gone beyond identifying with the mid-20th century that's a know, placeholder party yeah. and, and i got news for you you read my new book you'll see it was something it was there before before the, the nazi party came into existence and it was the force behind them and what it was is that it's the real when we talk about post-war nazi survival we're really talking about this other core yeah power and group that i'm talking about that joseph farrell's talking about we just just the term nazi was the mask they wore place, yeah. during mid 20th century and that was the, the mask they were wearing when they slipped into operation paperclip yeah and then now we would call them cia nasa whatever and there's well another... they they yeah well no they they have their little uh their their little guys they handle and control in those organizations sure. again our, our yes our military industrial complex was completely envisioned the, such as it is and been since world war ii was their vision their style their method their creation there's um there's this one guy i have often named clay martin former green beret wrote mm -hmm. some great survival books but he also has a fiction book called uh, wrath of the wendigo and i think you it is it's it is it's like a it's a one I afternoon like the title it's a one it's a one <laughs> afternoon read man it is, it is I, I, I wrote a horror screenplay back in the late 90s that i'm going to revisit as a pulp novel titled wendigo so i'll i'll send you a link it really is it's like a it's it's a one afternoon read and it's great but uh he and i were talking about you know once you start fleshing these ideas out of there are these sort of groups that move and they they hold yeah. different names you could call it a, yeah. a world war one or a world war two it's like they drop different names and masks it's the same opposing factions yes. um and i think you and i are of the belief that one of them is kind of inherently evil they yeah. they, they want control and dominion over yeah. you and then totalitarian, there's totalitarian you know and there's another way. group that's more freedom egalitarian you know yes. they, they they understand that the human being um that 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 the uh, uh the the enlightened being you know that that i i i use these words in, not as buzzwords but in their truest meanings that there's something that liberty personal individual liberty does to um to to consciousness the, the 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 um yeah yeah the, what am the, i trying to say the base soul the base i yeah. See, I'm not a collectivist at all. Um, I, in fact, the, the, and I disagree with people that, you know, in the new age, you know, uh, community and in, in other philosophical communities that say, oh, no, um, uh, advancement and enlightenment is 
um, the more enlightened you are, the more you accept being absorbed into the collective. I disagree wholeheartedly. I think it's the opposite. I think the more enlightened you are, the more individuated you become. Because the real trick, it's not hard when you become uh, absorbed into a Borg to be empathetic with others. You're kind of forced to be. The real trick is as you individuate, okay? You as the individual are better and better increasingly defined that you maintain your empathy, your compassion for mm. other beings, other creatures and stuff. That real trick, and that's what we're the, what we're actually supposed to be doing. So, and I think the the founders, okay, the forefathers in the United States, they understood this. They were very intellectual men in the old um, uh, uh, philosopher scientist mode, mm-hmm. you know, and they understood the importance of the individual soul, the individual intellect and identity. And that's why they said, no, liberty, freedom, government, stay out of our lives, um, and, and so forth. I think that's what it's about. And the totalitarians, the tyrants that we're talking about, the collectivists, they hate that philosophy. They hated it from the beginning. That's why they started trying to get their hooks into the, the young U.S. Uh-huh. Uh, right after the revolution and even during the revolution. You know, Alexander Hamilton is... It, for some reason, I know the reasons, but for some reason, he's painted as some big, great American hero. Oh, guy was a dick. He, yeah. he was an elitist who hated the common people. He was a huge central banker guy. And, it, you know, uh, it, it, it kind of like Aaron Burr did us a favor. I know. That sound like <laughs> no, man. <laughs> but he kind of did the country a favor because Hamilton was a mixed bag, you, you know, yeah. but he's an example. Nicholas Biddle is another one who was a central banker, uh-huh. you know, who got his hands on more power than he should have and on and so forth. You know, the people that screwed over, you know, that got to Abraham Lincoln was uh-huh. all about the currency and the money and 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 on and so forth. We could talk for hours on that stuff. But um, these are collectivists. Yeah. Uh, let, let me rephrase that. These are the people that want you and I to be absorbed into a collective, but they themselves they want to enjoy their individuality. So there is some almost hilarious irony. And it's like if you join the collective for the promises that you will be enlightened, you will not be enlightened. No. If you resist the collective and pursue uh, personal enlightenment and personal responsibility, and everyone you does that, the, the collective, well, not only that, but the collective <laughs> itself it actually ends up being better. Everyone around us, everyone everyone yeah. pursuing their own uh, needs ends up making the community better. But it's a, well, it's I, a false image. It's not a community. It's everyone pursuing their own needs, and then society uh, just gets great. I, I think that the people that embrace the collective are it, it's it's deep down there's a fear. It's fear, and, fear and it's of truly it's, being an individual of, of being you know because they think oh my god if I'm not with the crowd I'm lonely and there's no, no far from the truth, far from the truth. There's there's a whole bunch of other individuated people out there that understand you know why personal liberty is vital to humankind and it's. Um, they're lied to about this collective, the, the positive. Um, just the, they're they're lied to about that. Well, it's also the it appeals to the the lazier side of our brains. Right? Oh yeah. Do you want to do the that book report on your own, or you want to join a uh, you want to join a group? Oh, I'm going to join the group, and everyone thinks yeah. everyone else is going to do the work. It never works out. Um. Well, and look at political crusades. Um, yeah. You know, I I. <sighs> 
I hate to see when people do that, but a lot of people, the easy thing to do is to fall into, yeah, yeah, pick up their pitchfork and their torch and join the crowd in hating this or going after that instead of saying, hey, in, instead of crusading against a group which you want to demonize because you're lazy and you don't want to think, why not you know, go after individuals who are actually responsible for yeah. bad things? And I guess that's my criminal investigator mind because you know, when you're a criminal investigator, I used to be a federal agent, golly, you had to gather evidence mm -hmm. and you had to you know, be specific about the charges and you had to identify, you were trying to identify who as an individual was responsible for this nefarious behavior. And what happens in these political crusades, both left and right, um, is they, you know, this whole painting a whole group with one brush um, because it's easier. And we saw what happened in Nazi Germany when you mm -hmm. do that kind of stuff. So... You know, and and in the United States during the civil rights thing, you know, all people that look like this are bad. Well, yeah. no, <laughs> no, it's not true. Yeah. And it's there's also, you know, it's not only is it easier to attack a group, it also requires that when you're an individual, you also stand up and go, hey, I'm not for that. I know this is our side, but that's some bullshit. Right, right. And, and also individual accountability. I'm for I don't like this when when individuals commit crimes and do bad things. Oh, all of society has to be punished like it's a kindergarten class. No, no, we need to start pointing at the criminal, the person who's done the bad thing, and they need to suffer the consequences for their activity rather than punishing everybody by taking this freedom and that liberty away. You know, but we live in an era where it serves the collectivists to not have individual accountability as we mm. know you know it's oh you must blame society you must blame everyone else but the person who did the bad thing mm. um to i know we got off on a t uh sorry yes, to, 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 no, to but to pivot back to um what, why did i bring you up clip i was clay and i were talking about these opposing groups Yes. And he goes and he brought something up that I genuinely believe in. And we both kind of laughed about it. And it's I think I think they chose America, not because of like America or the United States. I think whatever group the Nazis coming over here, mm -hmm. I think they chose it because it's like a good place to build a fortress. You're separated by two oceans oh, yeah. and you're full of natural resources and the resources. Yeah. The, oh, total, totally. Yeah. Because yeah. this goes back to it's a good uh, home base. You, you brought this up a very good uh, subject up again. This is one of those things that gets it, it has a touchstone to the the book i'm working on this is a great conversation because yeah. <laughs> you're hitting on all this stuff on this project i'm working on at the moment so this is cool um you know you got to go back to the fourth crusade okay 12th century i think they were on their way they said to the uh, the holy land and they decided to stop in constantinople and sack constantinople another christian city and, gee, um, what they did in that was sack the archive. Now, the archive of Constantinople was essentially the equivalent of the Library of Alexandria. It's interesting that the Renaissance was sparked and happened after the 12th Crusade. The implication is that the various certain various societies like the Templars and the Teutonic Knights and the uh, Hospital Knights of Malta uh, got their hands on lost technological secrets, also the lost maps and charts um, of the New World that mm -hmm. were, you know, still kept kind of secret. Okay, at that time, um, 
that they got their hands on this stuff and they knew about the specifics of the new world back in the 12th century. Mm. And in the intervening uh, uh, centuries between the Fourth Crusade, when they got their hands on these maps, and Columbus's 1492 voyage, they knew about the Americas. They were coming over. And it was decided, in my opinion, and other people's opinion, other scholars that look at this, that the whole 1492 thing was it was decided by the powers that be that already knew about this place. OK, we we really have to open up the the the, the new the hidden world um, because we have to now exploit the ex, uh, ex sources. And really, the only way we can do that is with manpower. So, mm-hmm. oh, gee, um, we found a new world. <laughs> now we're going to open it up and everybody can go there. And it, it really was to get at the resources, you know, and like you say, the potential for building fortresses away from um, the the masters of Europe and and such. And yeah, I agree. That's that's exactly what they did. And all of this goes back to that 12th or that fourth crusade in the 12th century. Do you think that the, um, do you think that, the Tic Tac, the O four Tic Tac. Do you think that 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 pulls into this? Was that like another just little? That was our technology being yeah. tested. That a was thousand, all. That oh, was a thousand percent. No, it, that's some yeah. skunk work shit. Yeah, uh, that what that's part of the um, saber rattling game that we're playing with the Chinese and the Russian military. I think the fact that it was revealed when it was revealed, and basically the, it was the military industrial complex and the intelligence agencies using the ufology community for perception management. Okay. And, and there's, I hate to say it. I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. There's a bunch of dummies in the ufology community that just ate that up with a spoon yeah. and, and they really behaved like trolls and shamefully in the community, you know, a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, bro douche kind of frat boy behavior <laughs> And really made fools of themselves because now I think most I was one of only two or three voices back in 2017, I recall, in the community telling people from the get go, folks, this is perception management. This is all BS. Lou is a contractor for the government. Lou Elizondo. This is, come on, guys. Come on. Oh, Bosley, you don't know. Blah, 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 blah. And everything that I was saying back then has pretty much been in, embraced by more and more people now. And um, so to me, that's what that was all about. It was just a perception management game being played by our our military and the, serving the military industrial complex and, and, and just using the ufology community to control the narrative is all that was. It's all it was. Do you think then, why are we pushing so hard for World War Three? Is this... Is this the military the- industrial complex, per- the, 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 basically the, um, the national product of the United States has become war. Yeah. Terry industrial uh, interests. And so we must have the, the neocons are having their wet dream. Yeah. Okay. Um, in, in its perpetual war. Uh, I, you know, I spent 20 years in national security serving the country, and I'm disgusted with how many years we were in Iraq, how many years we were in Afghanistan, and now they want to spin up a new war. Um, talk about evil. Mm. You know, um, I'm all for a strong national defense, but I'm not for Pax Americana. I'm not for American empire. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> we 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 can be protecting our interests and our position in the world without being at constant war and and without being you know a, a Roman Empire esque you know forcing ourselves. Uh, look at the Ukraine, you know the war in the Ukraine. That's complete and utter bullshit. Yeah, um, spun up uh, just to serve this this American Empire military industrial complex interests crap and and it really is disgusting um so do you think that's where i'm at on that do you think we're uh and i know i said i let you go at an hour so it's like if, i can keep talking by the way but i said i let you go at an hour so if we, oh, like, we, we can go another 15 minutes all right beautiful want. um do you think that this is us wanting to snuff out china because it's already gotten far bigger than i think the if we're taking the kind of american empire point of view yeah. and we're watching we're, them rise over the decades yeah. and now they're spending you know if we used to spend more than the next like 10 countries combined but now yeah. now china spends about third is about 30 percent of what we do on defense they're rising yeah it it it's i i think what it is is it's more so brixa okay the american imperialists the neocon you know fascist uh communist left uh you know, because they're all, they're just two sides of the same mm -hmm. coin. They're afraid of BRICSA. Mm -hmm. BRICSA, the BRICSA Nations Alliance, because that challenges the oil dollar. Yeah, the petrodollar, petro the king daddy That's of it all. That's what they're really worried about is BRICSA, not China alone. Yeah. But BRICSA, they're afraid of the economic um, uh, pendulum swinging in favor of China, Russia, and those other nations who are just, quite frankly, sick to death of post-World War II United States. And you know what? A lot of American citizens should be disgusted with what's been done in the name of our country. Mm. Do you think that they're, um, yeah, I guess that does make sense. It's, yeah, it's not China per se. It's the threat to the, that's the, I mean, talk about taking a, taking a shot at the king. You go for the petrodollar. I mean, presidents have been killed for that. I mean. Yeah. It's uh, well, it, it, it's and even before oil, you know, Abraham Lincoln, think yeah. about it, was killed over his greenbacks. John well, yeah. F. Kennedy, uh, silver mm, issue, so silver. Yeah. I have, I have a, a very good friend of mine gave me two of them. Oh, I really? have two of the five dollar bill Kennedy silver. silver certificates. That's awesome, you know, and that's in my personal archive. And when I show them to people, I say, there's really the final straw. There's the ultimate reason why JFK was assassinated. Yeah. You're looking at it right there. Yeah, because before Petro, it was just fiat, which is still yeah. ultimate power. Um, yeah. Lastly, I kind of want to tie in with uh, Space Force sure. Trump, and if we're arguing that you know that is one-sided, that is one power faction, and then there's another yeah. power faction. Um, and I'm also with you. I think there could be three. There could be four power factions all yeah, competing. Yeah, we don't know. Um, what do you think? What do you think Space Force is? Is that them? They come in, they get their guy in, and now they establish their own high ground, and then they get they dip out and they let 2020 happen. No, I think I don't think there's as much um, behind the Space Force as people think. I okay. think that Space Force was um, it, it's something that was inevitable, and basically what it is is when we talk about. When you hear guys like me and Joseph Farrell and people like Catherine Austin Fitz and, 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 well, Michael Schratt, when he used to talk about that stuff, um, uh, and, and uh, Paula Violette and blah, 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 uh, that is the more 
grounded, um, realistic secret space program research. Okay. okay. And um, I think with Space Force, when you look at um, all the uh, classified space activities that our military has been doing since the end of World War II, okay, I think Space, For <clears throat> space Force is just uh, the inevitable uh, establishment of what we were doing already and what we were moving toward. It was inevitable that we have a branch of our military yeah. that was a Space Force. You know, it's just it was inevitable, just like the Air Force, the Air Force was, was separated from after, the U.S. Yeah, Army Air Force, particularly after World War Two. Yeah. Remember, before World War Two, what, what was it? Was it Billy Mitchell who was court martialed uh, because the Navy and the Army was pissed off at him for saying the future was air power? I mean, think about that. He was court martialed because the Army and the Navy didn't want to hear it. Yeah. And uh, what happened? World War Two pretty much shoved it up their asses sideways and said, you wouldn't it's have won power. this without air power. And yeah. so, but but here's here's another funny thing, and that's a whole other discussion. Um, even World War II didn't end with an immediate establishment of the U.S. Air Force. It took 1947, yeah. that weird year, that, that we odd said, year. okay, we, we now need a separate Air Force. But anyway, it was inevitable. We were going to have an Air Force. It was inevitable that we were going to have a Space Force. Now, any classified stuff that we talk about, you know, the real secret Space Force stuff, not the, the BS fantasies of Corey Good and, and Randy Kramer and those liars. Um, I'm I, talking yeah, about the real that. stuff that the U.S. program would have been doing. Uh, any of the, that secret stuff, that classified stuff, now just gets absorbed into the classified ops history of Space Force. Okay. You follow me? Yeah. It, the, the, the classified stuff will continue, but now it will continue under that new branch, the yeah. Space Force. Only now we have an overt part of our Space Force. Um, and I think that's great. I think it was inevitable. Mm -hmm. I think we, we're going to need that, and we, and we should have that. So um, I, I don't – now, will it be used – by bad players unfortunately yeah. yeah there will be things that are will be done secretly and in the name of space force that are not always going to be good but hey that's going to happen you know in any yeah. organization it doesn't mean you out with the bathwater yeah um yeah some people get again they get so frothing at the mouth over anything trump does and like the space yeah. force and it's like well no it was the u.s army air forces we had an army, yeah. and part of it was shit we did in the air, and it was yeah. so big, and it went from World War One, where it's a couple of biplanes and guys in goggles, to you know yeah. waves of B seventeens and B twenty nines. Well, the Navy became believers when they started putting the advanced aircraft on aircraft carriers. Uh, uh huh. And then finally, it took two years after, and we were like, "This needs to be okay. its own thing, right?" So it's yeah, the this, we this, called it the yeah. Air Force. It's and if yeah. it sounds simplistic, it's because it is. It's force from the air. All right, so. As Space they, Force. Yeah, as they become, they start doing satellites and NRO and Space Shuttle and start doing all now, this stuff, it does become, they have Air Force Space Command. It was inevitable. Oh, yeah. I, I, when I was in, we had Space Command. Yes. And, and uh, when I was at L.A. Air Force Base, my first assignment, that was a Space Command base. And, of course, then I was at Wright-Patterson, where a lot of stuff starts from. But um, uh, I'm kind of jealous of the, the, the young Air Force OSI. I was an OSI agent in, during my time in the Air Force, and I'm kind of envious of them now because the investigative agency 
that it has been assigned to be the investigative agency for Space Force is the Air Force OSI. Oh, really? So I envy there's a young, there are young men and women who are new OSI agents out there that are being assigned Space Force. Space Force like, OSI. Oh, you know. Yeah, it is sexy. It's, it's cool. It's cool. I would have volunteered for that in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, it is like, and ultimately I think we will look back at Space Force the same way we look back at the Air Force as the most yeah. dumb. You can send in the Marines, you can send in tanks. Ultimately, if you have air power, it's game over, right? Well, and and who's going to be fighting the exciting science fiction sexy battles? It's eventually space look, force. folks. There is a foe out there in space. There, there, it it it's only logical. Stop the people who are pointing to the Von Braun deathbed confession that Carol Rosen yeah, claimed. The, yeah. um, I'm sorry that I don't buy that for a second. That that it, it, Von Braun, in my opinion, did not say there is no threat in space he said what he said was a lie you base against us here on earth that our governments are you know the people controlling us would use that to further control us i think it's being wildly misinterpreted because i want you to think about it with all the possible worlds it's only logical that yeah. there's other civilizations out there not all going to be light and love and marshmallows and daisies. And interesting that my internet shows me unstable as I talk about that. But um, I, <laughs> I was, think I was that, for the NSA. Yeah, hey boys. I think that there is a threat. I think there's a known threat. And folks, yeah, I think it's on its way here. Yeah. And that's why you're seeing some maneuvering, maybe the standing up of Space Force now. I do. I, I yeah. think this. I have an idea where direction it might be, what direction it might be coming from. Um, I'll talk about that in the near future. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think there's a threat on its way here. And that's going to change reality for all of us. And it's you know, the idea that that confession he makes where it's like it'll be the final thing. It's, it's, not, an, it's not an or. It's an Andor. It could be that yeah. it is a world government project blue beam threat. Okay, sure, false flag. It, but there really will be a threat. But it could in be space. It could be that nine eleven was the CIA. It could be that nine eleven was terrorists, and we went, hey, let's implement draconian measures. That's still like so. The idea that it's that it's only that. No, it could very well. Now that doesn't mean that the powers that be won't abuse it and go aliens are sure. here, but it doesn't make the aliens yeah. any less real. So, yeah. have you a? Uh, if you ever watch the, uh, there's a great documentary on uh, the Phoenix Lights, um, okay. and uh, I actually got to interview it forever ago. It was like this is episode twelve hundred and sixteen, so this was back in like episode three hundred. I had on a uh, Dr. Lynn Katai, who was like one of the witnesses of uh, the Phoenix Lights, and she's made yeah. a bunch of. I forget the name of the documentary, um, but they talk about how like there was a uh, on. I think it was the same day as the sighting or maybe it was the day before and it didn't come out till years later because it just wasn't it's not that it was classified it was just a kind of a hidden story but there was like a gamma ray burst from a star somewhere in the galaxy right what i would say 100 light years away Mm. and uh it's almost too sexy but like the the low resolution image of the gamma ray burst Mm -hmm. it looks like the silhouette of the phoenix light craft it's like very fuzzy, and this is a this is a stretch among stretches. I'm I'm aware of that, That's but you do wonder: Are they monitoring something in deep space? Sure. Are they? You know, we know about the Voyager. The Voyagers were like a fun little like 
arts and crafts. Like, who's to say we haven't shot out some stuff with the explicit purpose of seeing what's beyond the the sure. uh, the Oort cloud or the you know the what the heliopause? Oh, you 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 can bet that Voyager was doing something that we weren't. Oh, that we were. Of course, of course it was. Of course it was. Right. We find out years later the space shuttle was also the bay was made with you know in conjunction with the Air Force in case we needed to. Yeah, of of course it is. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure I'm sure Starlink is some form of you know, kinetic weapon or, or SDI or something. And, and we have to be careful um, demonizing just because there's something, you know, we don't know about. It doesn't make it bad. come where we thank our lucky stars. Oh, no, it doesn't make it bad secret, at all. No, I'm right? with you. Because that could be the secret weapon that saves our asses. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, you know, I'm with you. Just win the battle. I'm so with you. That doesn't make to, it bad. It goes back to you got to think about these things. You know, people can't be lazy. You got to think and you got to be as rational as possible and say, okay, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. You know, we have to dump the bathwater. Sure. But keep, you know, don't throw the baby out. Yeah. And that is, yeah. So when I say that, I don't mean that it's necessarily a bad thing it's uh oh yeah you you yeah. understand what yeah. i'm talking about it's it's clearly. a well it's it's a very it's a very gray area argument and it's not there's no satisfying conclusion there's no and that's why democrats are you it's like no it's so beyond like any of that and you have to kind of navigate your way through it but um i think maybe we'll uh have you touch on it we'll we'll kind of wrap up with it. and I'd, I'd love sure, to have you, you on know, here i would again, like man. to throw in you know you mentioned the uh, what we what we really really need to do in this country is we we need to stop with the only the democrats and republicans yeah no that's that's we got to take the power out of those two parties hands we we've we've got to start having other parties we we because those two are pitting us against each other constantly and that i mean that took me i'm 32 now mm-hmm. you always heard the uh, it's at the left and the right it's like a puppet show but yeah. i'll admit i don't think it was till i turned about 30 that I finally was like, oh, like, like Trump leaves, <laughs> Biden's in, we're out of Afghanistan, we're in Ukraine. And I was like, oh, they're not. <laughs> These guys aren't. And you go, it's oh. the same thing, just different day. Yeah. You know? and, and it helps you look at them in a little more of a human light. You're like, oh, this isn't AOC's fault or this isn't Matt Gates's. You're like, this is. Right. This is the shit Eisenhower was warning us about from the exactly. Oval Office. Like, exactly. yeah. Um, but on the on the kind of and in the description is, and you're gonna send me your your updated website and, sure. and YouTube channel mm-hmm. and then I've got whatever in the description. Go check them out. Um, but do you think that they've that they've seen something, mm-hmm. some external force, that is, in a meaningful I, time frame approaching Earth? Yeah, I I think that it's it's more info than that. Now, whether there's been some type of even long distance communication. Uh, whether we were warned by other extraterrestrial okay. civilizations or whether we gleaned this from ancient knowledge. Okay. I'm stomping my foot there, folks. Um, and then backed up by our technological knowledge, I even have I even have a reason to suspect from what direction they may know that it's coming. And um I'm still kind of researching that. Okay. I'll likely be talking about that um, here very soon on the Walter Bosley channel because I've started having some uh, episodes in discussion of transtemporal cosmic warfare. And we, with uh, Joseph Farrell, is going to be back on the third episode of this on the 18th, 
at my channel. Um, and in that discussion, we will be getting into what I'm talking about with the, the where this possible is coming from. That well, that's it. That's a, I love Joseph Farrell. I've, I've watched his uh, was it Brains, Bullion, Bonds. He got a great a great uh, presentation that that led me into reading uh, Gold Warriors by Sterling Seagraves about all the the unvouchered funds. That was thanks to yeah. Mr. Farrell that led me down that rabbit hole. But oh yeah, that's a. Uh, yeah, I, lo- I love how like just kind of reaching the end of this podcast, and people probably just thinking we're insane. We've moved from like left versus right to be like, listen, the aliens are coming, and it's these guys <laughs> from the Civil War and it's hot air balloons are gonna. Man, it's all out there. It's yeah. I honestly, man, reality is so insane. You can't write it any is. of this shit off. I mean, reality itself is so insane that you and I are talking through fiber optics, and we're yeah. just on a rock around. Like n- nothing can be written off as absurd. Right. It's all absurd. Right. Yeah, so right. no, I, I I stand behind everything we said. And yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't think it's all evil, and I do think we have a fighting chance. And that yes, could, we do. That could very yes, well we be do. a survival mechanism of my brain, and I'm aware of that. But I just, I don't think it's over. No, it's not. It's, it's not over yet. Yeah. Well, Mr. Bosley, thank you for coming on here, man. It's a very, very odd experience to listen to someone for years and then get to talk to him. It's, it's happened a couple times on the show. And so it's a little, always a little odd to be able to talk to you. Um, but dude, I love to well, thanks you. for having me on. I really of course, enjoyed man. This. I do this, this again. Absolutely. No, I'd, uh, I'll, uh, please, please. Yes. Please email me all the links you want and I'll copy and paste them okay. in the description. Um, I'd love to schedule another one and, um, sure. let's do yeah, it. Dude, I'm looking forward to your book. Hey, I'm, I can't wait to get it out there because like I said, it's important stuff. You're one badass motherfucker, Mr. Bosley. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much. Guys, Walter Bosley, please go in the description, check him out, follow him, all that good stuff. Till next time, sir. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for watching, Recording everybody. Stopped. God bless. Stay safe out there. Peace.